something is bubbling among women today. Women crave honest stories that entertain, motivate, and move them. Women want reinforcement that they are not alone in feeling the way that they do and that they can feel good about their prospects. Stories and Strategies for Women podcast will share riveting stories about amazing women. I'm your host, Claudine Walk. A good story well told is powerful. A good story can motivate. A good story can inspire action. Claudine here. We are very excited to welcome a new sponsor. It's iBobs at iBobs.com. I discovered iBobs years ago when I needed readers. If I needed to wear glasses, I wanted them to be fun to wear and fun to buy. iBobs fits the bill and makes buying glasses super easy. Wondering what frames look the best on you? Check out the style quiz on the site to help you find the perfect frames. I love my latest pair called What Inheritance? A cool light blue color, but my go-to favorite pair is called Clearly in Purple. See, even the names are fun. iBobs is offering a special discount for stories and strategies for women listeners. Enter promo code STORIES AND STRAT10, spell the end, at the checkout to receive a 10% discount today. That's iBobs.com. Welcome to Stories and Strategies for Women. I'm your host, Claudine Wolk. With us today is Kate Brenton. Kate is a holistic mentor and podcast host of Rebirth Podcast. Welcome, Kate. Hi, Claudine. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being with us. So I'm pretty excited to talk to you today. You can reach Kate Brenton at katebrenton.com. So first, I think you have to tell us what a holistic mentor is. Yeah, you know, languaging is so so tricky. And um, I think that's my resistance to asserting myself over. I think a lot of people want to tell you like, oh, I'm going to help you do one, two, or three. And I've been an educator um, for almost 20 years now, actually. And I feel like real learning, if you want to change your life, comes from being with someone that keeps the power within your own hands. And that to me is more of a mentor. And then holistic is just, I'm a mind, body, spirit person. You know, you can't really separate one from the other with me. So that's the invitation. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So you have an amazing story that I was hoping that you could share with the listeners about having moved to Hawaii. And I don't know that I ever heard that whole story. (laughs) Yeah, that's a story. Oh, I will keep it. Um, Okay. So at the time I was, the first time I went to Hawaii, that's actually a good little snippet. I was an English uh, teacher at Cheltenham High School, which is just outside of Philadelphia. And I was dating an interesting person. Um, You know, when you're younger, you can kind of date for different reasons. And he was just a totally different lifestyle. And he led retreats around the world. And every year he led a retreat to Maui. And I was... um, I was an educator and I thought, well, I can never go. And I actually applied for unpaid leave for 14 days to go to Hawaii um, because that's when his retreats were. And he just led a lifestyle that was not familiar to me. He just was like, this is when I do things. And I always did things when everyone else did things, right? I was a very linear thinker. And I went to Hawaii. I was surprised my boss said yes. And I was very candid with him. People were like, how did you make that happen? I just told him. I was like, I think this would really expand me as a teacher. I love alternative perspectives and you know, I want to go. And he said, okay, which is kind of a miracle in and of itself. I went to Hawaii. I thought it was amazing. 
but I thought it was so outside of my experience uh, being from the East Coast that I remember thinking to myself, you'd have to be here like three or four months to even have a clue what this place is really like. And that started three summers because uh, I was a teacher living in Hawaii. Life just kind of reorganized and I was frugal and you can do a lot of things if you plan and set your mind to it. And then all of a sudden, it became really apparent that I think we all have these moments that um, you can wait for life to set fire to your life, or you can just start to pay attention. And I was realizing I loved my job and I loved my work, but uh, Hawaii was calling and I wasn't really sure why. And I just had this one moment that I realized that if I didn't do it now, my life would, like that window was closing, you know. And so I uh, consolidated, saved for a year, and um, knowing that um, I was leaving, um, I had made some friends there, and my plan was to be in education, just uh, following a whisper. And there were definitely times that I thought I was crazy, but every time I tried to back up, like really weird things would happen. Like um, uh, this is a true story. I was uh, I uh, I was living with a I had I let go of my apartment in December because it you know, I knew I was leaving and I moved in with a friend of mine that was, uh, had a really large house because she was recently divorced. And so it was kind of mutual, you know, Sure. and her son was, uh, had moved to New York and she said, you know, just drive his car every once in a while. It's really a beater. We need to get rid of it. And, um, I was driving away from Cheltenham one day and I thought I should not leave Philadelphia and the car caught on fire. Uh Uh-uh. No, it really did. I pulled over. There was smoke. I was on the phone at the time and um, a man uh, stopped on the other side, driving the other way. And I didn't lift the hood and uh, the man stopped and he got out and he uh, had on a, like a security uniform and he had a fire extinguisher with him. I'm not making any of this up. That is insane. Yeah. And he said, ma'am, I'm going to approach your vehicle. It's on fire. And he... Wow. What an angel. Yeah. And that's kind of like, so to tell you, I think this happens to everybody, right? Like, but we dismiss it, right? We dismiss it. Well, signs. We were talking about signs from the universe. This is a sign. And you just totally dismiss it. And so that was the last thing that happened um, externally that I realized I just, you know, it didn't need to make sense to anyone else. My, myself was telling myself, you need to do this. Yes. And, um, I went and tried to do it very type A and then I'll fast forward, but I tried to do all the right things. You know what I mean? Like I got hired by the department of education. They were going to tell me what Island to go to. And then, um, I went, (laughs) I told my boss I was leaving, you know, everything was done. Like it was like this motion. You couldn't, a snowball, you couldn't stop. And then, um, the whole state of Hawaii went on a freeze for a misappropriation of funds and the school went down from five days to four days and they were not hiring anybody and nor were they doing subs. I mean, it's just, you can't make that up. Right. Right. Uh, but the train was already leaving on my life. So I flew out anyway and, um, I stayed and that, that doesn't seem like part of the journey, but I think that's the important part. Like if you know that you're making a major change, sometimes you think that everything's going to look easy. And that happened. We talk a lot about that on rebirth. Like I'm very fascinated by what it takes to navigate your own doubt and resistance to yourself. Right. Because yeah, people are afraid to make a choice because it isn't easy. And you're saying it it isn't, that doesn't mean that it's not the right thing to do. Right. Right. And, um, and the first year of Hawaii was beautiful, but I, I was born and raised on the East coast with East coast mentality. And I come from a, um, Catholic 
corporate household. So my ideas of practical foundations did not disappear with this um, decision. And I really enjoyed it and I loved it. Um, And then nine months in, it just looked like it wasn't going to be what I thought. I wanted the security that I had in my previous life in my new life. Right. And I was being dismantled, you know, things that I'm used to being very action oriented. And the best way to describe it is just everything I tried to do just sort of melted. And um, then it was the last three months and I I uh, was like, yeah, this isn't going to work. So I have three more months. I'll go back to my old job. No problem. That was kind of lined up for me. And then that is when I, uh, you know, it really is the 11th hour. There's a good friend of mine and he says, you know, help always comes at the 11th hour. And I, I'm like, yeah, but why can't it come at the, like the seventh? You know, right. why does it, <laughs> right, 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 does it right. have to be the 11th? Oh. And, um, but that was all preparation because if I hadn't had my concepts of who I was and what was in my control broken and dismantled and had this idea that I could fix life to do whatever I wanted and I could make these massive changes without making sacrifices, I really wouldn't have been prepared to meet um, Alva Andrews, who end up, ended up becoming um, my Lomi Kumu. And no, I didn't know what Lomi was when I met him. Um, but I think that's probably the biggest piece I can, I mean, my story is really fantastic, but the thing that is really relatable is that is the breaking down and the dismantling. We think I, I will say, I used to think, and I still do hold on to this, that if I do the right thing, then the right thing will happen. Right. But that's actually being in control. You know, you mm. don't always know what the my idea of the right thing is not necessarily the best thing, right? My my concept of the right thing is based on what I've previously experienced. And the best thing sometimes is something that I haven't already experienced. I think you're right there that the whole idea of control, you're right. It isn't the right thing. It's wanting to control everything. Yeah. So there is a little bit of letting go. Yeah. That made the difference for you. Yeah, I think, it, you know, honestly, I, I do think I met life with a letting go. And to be honest, there had to be a lot still wrestled from my hands. And it's not a fantastic story. It That part is just those subtle moments where you're like, this didn't work out either. Like, I didn't right. get that part-time job. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm overqualified for it. I'd never been in a situation because I hadn't been out of my side of my element. I'd traveled, but I was someplace totally different. And right. I think if you're from the East Coast, we're kind of celebrated with, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, right? but the way our work uh, and the way we um, achieve things and because of the movies in New York, New, you know what I mean? Like we just think this is the way to do something. Right. And it's just, it is one way and it still serves me, but it is not the only way. And I feel like the move to Hawaii, that was one of the biggest gifts of my life, that, that land and the people that live there were like, yeah, no, that's just not the way we do things. And it's flustering. You know what I mean? When you're used yeah. to being successful, you're like, I don't think you understand. I have a master's degree. <laughs> and they're like, we don't care. <laughs> I love that. Right. Yeah. Um, and so when I met, um, when I met uncle Alva, it, it began a journey into, you know, I remember um, when I, uh, he so he was a, an elder in the Hawaiian community community, and he was a, a lomi lomi master, which is a holistic healing. And his particular form of it pays uh, deep attention to the body structure. But the longer that I do lomi, really, he said, you know, what we really do is is we're first attentive to spirit. And some people will go, oh, that's that's, and I said, no. 
anytime you believe in anything outside of yourself is being attentive to spirit. The idea that something gave birth to you, that life is miraculous, is being attentive to spirit. And that really shifts it out of, oh, I'm here to control, assert, or put my idea of how somebody should operate over the other person. If you're first attentive to spirit, then when things aren't going your way, or when your client, you know, might want something, but you know, you might have somebody that's like working on something in their lives, but they're sabotaging themselves. You can be like, okay, this is bigger than singular action. So uh, I guess in a textbook reader's digest version, I apprenticed with him for, for many years and learned a form of holistic healing that is hands-on, that attends um, to mindset, energetics, and the physical body. And although I deeply miss doing a lot of hands-on work that I've chosen not to do at this time because I, I'm not able to do it in the way that I've made a commitment to do it. So um, one could see that as a very sad thing. But then again, the same lesson re- reveres, you know, kind of results in that, well, there's, you know, when we have an aha moment in our mindset, in our life, in our work, or our relationships, everything changes. And that's basically the tenant of Lomi is that if you feel that you have a constriction in your life and you make space for a new evolution, whether it's physical or mental, um, your life, your body, or the way you feel changes. And so um, I guess that would mean what that looks like is I spend a lot of time in a little deck in Waimanalo, which is on um, a beautiful uh, part of Oahu. And I did clinic work with him and I, um, basically lived with him. And then I ended up being one of six that traveled internationally teaching and doing work with him. It brought me to Japan. Um, I started training while he was still alive and was doing work uh, across the United States, basically working um, wherever, however, spreading, spreading this idea because, you know, it, in different iterations of telling the story, I focused on different things, but, but, but the real gift of working with him was that he believed in us. We were like a ragtag group of people, you know, like, yes, there were Hawaiians that were born of that land, but really, uh, he welcomed anyone who had an earnest desire to be the best version of themselves. And that's much more complicated space to hold for another human being than teaching them a physical modality. Wow. Um, I'm thinking of that, um, the goop group that Gwyneth Paltrow has where she takes them all over the world and they they try. It sounds like that's what you guys were. Yeah. I mean, he really, we were expected, you know, it was very old school too, because our, our, um, our philosophy came from not only the healing arts, but the martial arts. And so there's a lot of discipline there. And so we would travel and it, we would teach people like really, in a very open-hearted way, but there was like, we worked long hours. Like there was one festival that, um, where a lot of people would come, a lot of, uh, Hawaiians would come in and, um, you know, we would set up our tents and we might work until one o'clock in the morning, which sounds grueling, but then that's only from my East coast mindset. What it actually looked like is that we were outside by the ocean. People were bringing food and cracking jokes and playing music and, and we were tired, but we also learned that like when you draft wind and do something as a community, you're not really on the whole time. And when you're in service, sometimes you have to learn to give past the point 
um, that you want. And then another day you might realize like, you're actually not supposed to be giving that much. Like it was a very dynamic, there wasn't a one answer uh, way of learning with him. And that's really helpful um, reminder for me in life. I'm a mother, but also during um, this year of 2020, when a lot of people want to tell you that there's one way to do something or there's a right way to do something, you really need to pull on your elders that have lived through more and rem- remember how they kind of handle when you ask for advice, you know, like when you're young and you ask them a question and then they're like, yeah, well, we'll see how that goes. And you think in your youth that they don't understand. Right. In their wisdom, they're like, you just give it a year, kid. You know. <laughs> exactly. And and it's a whole new way. I mean, in the States, we're pretty strict about schedules and how things should go and what things should look like. And that was learning for you a whole new way to yeah. look at life. Yeah. And then you have to also look at like, you know, we're really strict about things. And then what's the polarity of that? Well, we get really frazzled when things don't go our way. Yep. Physical stress and all the physical ailments. So let me ask you another question about being in Hawaii. So you you went for a couple of summers and then you committed to moving there. Mm-hmm. And what happened to the interesting guy? <laughs> oh, uh, sure. So we broke up right when I landed. I mean, it was pretty, which wasn't a big surprise. You know, if you pan the camera, like, well, I'll just be on it. You know, like when you landed, when you landed to live there. Yes. When we were on, once I decided to move, our relationship started to deteriorate, which wasn't, I think we can all relate to something like, oh, I'm going to quit my job in six months. And your job's like, no, no, you're going to quit now. So it wasn't that I thought this was a lifelong partner, but he was really fascinating, you know? Right. But. What, so when you said interesting person, I thought you were just being polite. And I'm sorry for being so nosy, but you actually no. meant he was an interesting person. Yeah, well, I was from, you know, like I said, I was from one mindset. And here's this person it's like taking people to Peru and, right. and Egypt. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? You know, yes. and, I, and I'm a naturally curious person. And, um, and then I started helping him with his retreats. And so I started to get to meet like all of these amazing people and have this lexicon of like this whole other life, you know, and people will tell you, well, that's really woo woo. And I'm like, well, I learned it's not because you get phone calls from people that are all sort of disciplines, but you, they're not telling people they're going to see healers. They're not telling people that they're going on spiritual retreats. You know, it's really pulled my, like the film off of my eyes that like, we're all really connected and there's this facade of how to do things right and wrong and what is real and what is not real. But then when people are troubled or confused, they will find alternative ways to come back to themselves. So that was a big lesson I learned from him and I was intrigued, but it wasn't a really fantastic relationship for me. I was never going to reach my full potential as a woman or as a practitioner or anything that I wanted to do. That dynamic wasn't, I I didn't know that then. I just knew it wasn't like a life long thing, but I can tell you Reader's Digest looking back that it was one of those people that comes in and it was for the right reason Mm -hmm. and longer than that would have not served Mm. either of us. And so life just life just dissolved it. But it was the only person that I knew on island and all my friends came through him. How about it? Okay. So after the two summers and then you decided to live there, how Mm -hmm. long did you live there? Uh, Almost seven years. Seven years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. I didn't plan on coming back. Um, What I thought I was doing, which is hilarious. I thought I was leaving 
Uh, so it's tricky to live on an island, right? Like you have to hustle and that that's totally fine. But I was, I was making a lot of money off island. Um, and so I thought, well, maybe, and the other thing is it was quiet is very quiet. And I was reaching a part in my life where I felt like I needed to express myself differently because I had spent years, um, really in a bubble. Like it was an international and it was a different bubble, but I wasn't like really doing, um, yeah, it was just different. Like there was, there was a lot of internal expression, a lot of external expression. And plus, um, uncle Alva passed. And so when he died, I sort of, the way I managed grief for a year was I traveled nonstop for 10 months teaching and sharing Lomi. So much so that I kind of had PTSD and I didn't want to travel for like a year after that because yeah, I was I just like that. <clears throat> traveling, traveling, which was really healthy until it wasn't like, that's why you have to be connected to yourself is um, something's right until it's no longer right. You know what I mean? How do you know? Well, I'll tell you, I was driving, we were driving, it was in Philadelphia and I started to date somebody here that wasn't, you know, just like a regular, <laughs> I wasn't trying to learn the world, right? Right. I was just in a regular relationship. <laughs> and um we we were driving down 95 and we passed the Philadelphia airport and I felt my body kind of like slightly tr- like, no. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's, that's not me. You know what I mean? Like I've always been sort of like, let's go kind of person, but that's my body being like, we need, we need, I mean, I was, I was in a different city like every other week. Like I was really traveling. Um, and I was being hosted a lot by people that had been clients or friends, and, you know, and kind of like passed along, um, which was a great way to meet a lot of really interesting people. And then, you know, you can only inhale for so long and then you have to exhale. And so then the next year was, um, was integrating is passing, you know, cause when you, when you have a, 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 any time in our life, whether it's a job or a partner that gets to define us, that, that, that phase can't last. Like, when I'll just put this, if you know someone that you love dearly is not going to be around longer, there's things that you put on hold because life is showing you if your eyes are open, something's ending, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it was very obvious something was, you know, going to end. And, and I had talked to him about that and he said, you know, don't, don't, don't let me hold you back. And I just sat there and he's like, you're not leaving these islands without me. I said, no, I'm not. Cause that's it. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? You're not going to look at your grandmother and say, Oh, I'll just leave now when next year you're not going to be here. You just right. don't do that. Right. So I didn't make, I, I, I made the absolute right choice for me, but life is, life is like fluid movement, right? So yes. your body and your emotions might be like, what just ended? And life is saying, um, the next thing's beginning. Yes. Get the on board. Beginning. Yeah. So I, I feel like I handled that really well, but it took me longer than I expected to integrate his passing because he kind of was there to transition me out of one thinking into another. And mm-hmm. then like anything else in life at some point, even though he was more like a grandma, you know, he wasn't like telling me what to do, but it was always like, you know, just like when that grandparent or that relationship is there, you're like, well, everything's okay because this, this person's here. Right. Yes. And then there, whether they physically leave or whatever, you come to a point in your life where life really needs you to just be doing it on your own in some way. Yes. And that's an integration and that's a grief, whether that's a death or not. And, um, you know, 
it, all of a sudden it was like, well, I have all these gifts and I learned all these things, but now it's up to me what I do with them. And he had always said that, you know, he said that to all of his students, like, no, what should it do? Like I did it. That's, there's no point. That's, that's nothing. And, you know, there was never any pedestal, you know, he was like, that's not how we, we do things here. And it was just really like having a third grandmother, but the thing about this is we all have these people in our lives waiting to share this with us. Hmm. If we just let them, right? If we let them, but you yeah. have to slow down and you, right. you have to have value in something that doesn't produce a measurable outcome. It wasn't hmm. like I would sit with him and be like, oh, okay, I'm getting richer. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, you, you can't, you have to like, I really feel like this is an epidemic with us. Like you, you kind of have to slow down. I recently talked to somebody who, um, who is 35 years old, male. I'm just giving you sure. data points. Strokes. Yep. Uh, very successful. Him and his wife, very happy, very well-traveled. Both feel like they don't want to have children. They're okay with that. That was, you know, that's, they got lots of nieces and nephews. And he said to me, like, I feel like I'm going to be here for one big thing. And then like, what's the point? And I said, well, the point is you might have nieces and nephews that need to hear your story. Yep. And he was shocked into silence because um, this person had a really prominent grandfather. And he said, well, I, I've had that experience in my life and you could see, you could hear the connection happening, like that he could be that grandfather no matter what. And I said, you know, especially when you're in your viable years, you start to think that like there's this plateau point of lack of use. And I'll tell you, I mean, I'm only in my forties, but I'm only 10 years ahead of you. It's just not true, you know, but that's not coming from your own thought. That's a programmed youth conscious, you know, youth obsessed community thought, because if you were in Japan or down mm. in Peru, you wouldn't hear that. No, you wouldn't, you wouldn't. hear that. Right. Mm-mm. So the, I, I'm telling you that because I used to just, I mean, I did, I have a very special, you know, a very special person came into my life and spent a lot of time teaching me something, but basically fostering the flames for me to believe in myself. And, and then you know, his presence left. And no matter how independent you think you are, when, when you have something and then it goes, it shows you are, are, where are you leaning on another, which is okay until it's not okay, right? We come in and out of that in life, right? Like a right. toddler needs somebody to put their clothes on until, hey, if you're seven, maybe you should <laughs> <laughs> get it together, kid. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And- so I think that's also what's going on right now. And we have a world that is full of a little bit of isolation and um, people are wondering, like, should I be relying just on myself or should I be like feeling some community and whatever that means and, and getting back in alignment, you know, with who they are. Absolutely. One of the things I love about your story, and thank you so much for sharing it, mm. I could probably ask you a million more questions about it, but at some point when you were there for the seven years, uh, maybe before you met this special person who, who taught you so much, did you think of going home and then did you stop yourself? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because what was I doing? I mean, I, I, I was on a really easy track. My, my school district paid really, really well. You know, I had a great group of friends. It, it, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't lost. You know right. what I mean? I've had people ask me, was there a divorce? And I'm like, Nope. Oh my goodness. Somebody die? No. Well, because a lot of times when you just leave something, people right. are like, were you, ru- I wasn't running from something. And 
I still loved Philadelphia. So it doesn't. So yeah, I mean, when you're far away, you're having a fantastic time. And, and if you need your life to be on a certain track to prove your worth, then yeah, you start to wonder, did you just throw everything away? You know? Right. Right. But because you did, because you stuck with it and and gave yourself some time there, you encountered somebody who ended up changing your life. Oh yeah. I met, I met amazing people. And, and now I know that like, there is not one narrative. I mean, it wasn't just him. It was people that live there, different ways of living. And then you get drop into a cadence, you know, and then you start to understand that there's just a lot, there's just a lot to, to life if you let it show you. Absolutely. So we're speaking with Kate Brenton. She is a holistic mentor and she is the host of the podcast Rebirth. And she is very generously sharing her personal story with us. <laughs> um, so everything that you learned, and we didn't actually define Lomi Lomi for the sure. listeners. Yeah. Okay. So Lomi Lomi would be what um, in the Hawaiian culture, that would have been one ray of their healing system. So one thing I want people to understand, it's, it was actually a very highly developed, civilized uh, culture. You might not know that if you have only seen it uh, portrayed. But for like example, in the Brady Bunch? Yeah. That's yeah. It. Like, yeah. for example, like you would have like a general practitioner and then there could have been 43 other modalities they could have recommended you to. Got it. So really highly advanced and developed. Um, And Lomi, because of the annihilation of the culture, Lomi kind of was one of the umbrellas that was standing left. So that's why when some people say, well, I've seen different kinds of Lomi, it's like, well, yeah, because kind of the healing arts are sort of being what's left of them that's intact is under Laula Apa'au, which is herbal medicine, and Lomi Lomi, which is physical medicine, physical touch. And... uh, some people might call it a massage, but in Hawaiian culture, it would be more in alignment with a holistic way to realign the body. And um, that would be on a table, um, but that would be in addressing the lifestyle, mindset, and physical structure of the person. You're, you're, it's not like just going to hand in stone where you get to just kind of say, work on my neck for 20 minutes and hop back off. It's more, that's why the word holistic is so important because it's educating the client that all of them, all of, all of who they are is affecting the ripples of what they're experiencing in their body self. So there's a there's a conversation that happens as well. It's not just yes. body work. Yeah. We, yes, that is true. Neat. Okay. And um, I had all these questions for you, Kate, and I'm not going to get to any of them, <laughs> but that's okay because I am I'm thrilled to have gotten your story. But let's let's talk a little bit about maybe what you do as a holistic mentor. People seek you out because, and clearly everything that you've learned, you bring to the table. And also I want to hear about your rebirth podcast. Great. Okay. So as a holistic mentor, what happened, that kind of gave birth from clients when I was no longer geographically available. And they start to understand that there's something that they want to change in their life, but they can't quite put their finger on it. And so what I started doing was um, coaching with people. um, But from the perspective that it might include meditation or spiritual insights, um, kind of reflective listening and having them make choices uh, quantifiable choices to change in their life. And so I uh, work with people primarily on like a 
three month basis, helping them. It means like you get to talk every other week and you get um, personalized practices. And um, a lot of times people feel safe to say things like, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but it doesn't (laughs) seem connected except. And so that non-traditional net allows all of them to drop the nuggets that they're trying to coalesce on their own. And, you know, as a human myself, sometimes I need somebody else to be like, I know I have the pieces, but I just can't quite figure out where to put them. And that's one of the dynamics of being human. We're actually wired in such that when we're in communion and communication with other people, you you've had this experience where you go, Oh my God, I just heard myself. Wait a minute. And that's really, that's really what we need. So it's, it's asking the questions so that the true clarity that you have that gets muddied by living life can uh, feel safe enough to, to come back out. And then um, a lot of times I've had clients say something like, you know, I thought I was coming to you for A. And then somewhere around week three, they say, I realize I'm actually working on this. And then um, around week five or six, they say, oh, I get it. <laughs> that's because that's human, right? We need yes. enough time. We want everything to happen so super fast, but we actually need enough time for us to feel safe, to take off our coats. You know, when we go to a new house, we need to feel safe enough to take off our coat, realize that the kitchen table is actually very welcoming. And then when we start drinking that cup of tea with somebody, then the stories come out, right? Exactly, exactly. Would you feel comfortable equating it with the term coach? For sure. Okay, yeah. great. Great. Sure. All right. And that practice is thriving and you're, you'll be back to Lomi Lomi when, when I'm hoping in January. Oh, mm-hmm. terrific. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Okay. And so tell us about rebirth podcast. Rebirth is so fun. Thank you for asking. Rebirth came as I'll keep it very short. Uh, she came around as the idea after I gave birth to my son and I couldn't, um, as I was like rehabilitating right from a C-section and, and realizing also that life wasn't going to happen at the same pace um, that I was used to talking to people and sharing their stories because I was going through a rebirth and I had, you know, uh, I was again, fascinated, like I mentioned earlier with the idea of a lot of times when I work with clients, it's the fear of listening to yourself because you think everybody else has it figured out. But if you hear all of these stories about different people in different verticals, the same thing starts to come forward that they, they're being led and they have to jump and then something unexpected happens and then it's hard and it's easy and it's hard and it's easy. And then all of a sudden they are where they are now and they always knew it or they never knew it, but they love it. You know, like that's the story. Yes. Right. And so it's been really fun because rebirth, um, with this year has been a way for people to stay connected. And so yes. then uh, every other week is an interview. And then I started to intersperse talking to people because we're not out, um, you know, in a teaching format in person as much anymore. And it's really been a great way to, it's my way of, of reminding people that, that we're in a rebirth, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think through this interview, you've given a sample of the kinds of talks that you give when it's just you <laughs> versus interviewing, which mm-hmm. just so soothing and, and such a such a great story and so many lessons to share, which I hope you'll come back 
Because, of course. Thank you. Yes, we have so many other things to discuss. I want to ask all about your your birth experience and and some of the things that we talked about uh, midwifery and also just some of the things that you teach your clients, which we didn't really even have a chance to to get into, which is okay. But I'm finding that too with interviews that I've done over the years, a theme seems to emerge, and I and I never get tired of it. No, because it's the truth. You don't get tired of the truth. You get to enjoy it, display itself in another human story. What's more beautiful? Absolutely. So in the Rebirth podcast, people can find that wherever they find podcasts? Yeah, we're on Apple, Google, Stitcher. So it's Rebirth with Kate Breton. And and um, please enjoy. Thank you for having me on. It was, it was so fun to talk to you. Thank you for letting me tell my story. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for sharing it. And we can reach Kate Breton again at katebreton.com. Check her out and check out her podcast, Rebirth Podcast. Thank you so much, Kate. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. And you are listening to Stories and Strategies for Women. You are listening to Stories and Strategies for Women podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a review. Visit me at my website, ClaudineWalk.com. Drop me a note on Instagram at ClaudineWalk. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time.